Hey, this is Candace Pringle, lead pastor of FE Church, and this is our podcast. Well, it is great to be back. I mentioned this a little earlier, but uh, in addition with a number of members of FV Church staff, I had COVID about two weeks ago, so I've been on quarantine uh, for a little while. And let me tell you, it is the weirdest set of symptoms I've had in my life. And uh, it, it has definitely been an interesting learning and growing experience. But through that, I have seen something else. I have seen the, the kindness and love of this community. Individuals just showing up with treats, gifts, uh, people just, my, my family, we eat a lot of bananas, just a weird thing. My kids love bananas. People just bringing bunches of bananas by as soon as we needed them and, and groceries and gifts and prayer and so many, so much checking in on me. Like every day I had a text message from someone just asking how I was feeling. It got to the point uh, where I, I, I missed, I didn't respond to all of them. I was trying, so I was copying and pasting responses and information and, and, and it, it was just so great. This is not a complaint. This is a celebration of the generosity, kindness and love of God's people. So I thank you for your prayers. I thank you for your, your love, your affection, your gifts. And, and I thank you that you're doing it for one another. This has been going on all year where individuals in our church are meeting the needs of those in quarantine, of those who are, are unable to do things. And, and I'm just so grateful to be a part of this church and, and then learn and grow along with you. And that's what we're going to do today. We're, we're going to finish out this Answered Prayer Sermon Series. And Candace has been explaining so many principles of prayer and, and, and the, the things we need to watch out for and see. And we've been reading the prayer reading plan, which is another thing I got to take a second and brag on my church for. Like, you guys have been in the Word this month. You have been engaging in that Bible reading plan. And, and so many of you with those comments, my phone is blowing up. I get a notification every time somebody posts something. And we see that and we see that we are growing together and, and there's something I've learned throughout this Bible reading plan um, and just seeing your responses. And that is the power of persistency. The power of persistency. That has, has been what I've seen throughout this Bible reading plan on prayer. That if you will put in the work day in and day out, you will see the growth in your life. They, they cannot exist without each other. If you are persistent in your prayer, you're going to see that reflected. So I've really enjoyed seeing that. I've grown from your comments. I've grown myself and I've seen individuals grow because of that. Uh, so, so get on the Bible reading plan. Read along with us as a church. Go to the next one. Start today. Don't miss out on that opportunity. But that power of persistence is what I want to talk about today. And I want to tell you a story I heard when I was a child uh, in, a, in a message a long time ago about the power of persistence and the importance of, of prayer. And that is about a small child who was growing up and getting stronger. And he had seen his dad was a hard worker and he, he, he wants to become like his father. So he goes to his dad one day and he says, dad, I want to help out around the farm. Can you give me a job? Can I, can I work with you? Can I have my own thing I'm responsible for? I need a job. So the father, he, he's wise and he thinks about it and he looks at his, his little son who's, who's just a little on the scrawny side. He, he's not very big and, and he knows he's about to go through that important stage of life where he becomes a man. He's going to, he's going to go through He's going to grow, and, and he says to his son, I'll have a job for you tomorrow. Bring your lunch with me, and I'll, I'll, I'll bring you to it. So they go to the edge of the property, and his son brings his lunch, and he, he goes to the edge, and there's this huge boulder, this, this, this rock, this just 
massive boulder. It's twice the size of the father and four times the size of the son. And the dad looks at his son and he says, your job will be to push this boulder. And the son says, what? He says, I want you to push this boulder. I want you to push this boulder. And I want you to do it all day, every day. You can stop for lunch, but but all day I want you to push this boulder. Stand right here, push the boulder, son. Now, can you do that for me? He says, Dad, you've trusted me with this job and I will do it for you. So the, the this, this young boy, he starts pushing against the boulder and he does it all day till lunch. He eats his lunch. He stands up and he pushes until he goes back for dinner. The, the father says, did you do it? Yes, I did. Good. I want you to do it again tomorrow. And he keeps doing this day in and day out, but the boulder isn't moving. And and the son knows he's just got to be faithful and he's got to trust and he will push this boulder and the boulder will move. And he he's doing it day in and day out and day in and day out. And he does this for weeks and months. And actually for over a year, he pushes this boulder until one day he's sitting on the boulder as he does every day and he's eating his lunch and his friend comes by. And his friend looks at him and he looks at the boulder and the, the friend can actually see where there's footprints made in the ground where he has literally stood there every day and pushed against the boulder and he can, he can see the, the, the effort and the, and the work that's gone into this. And he looks at his friend and he says, what are you doing? You will never move that boulder. It, it's impossible. I've, the past year, I've been waiting for you to come, have fun, hang out with me, but you just, you're here every day. What are you doing? And the, the boy looks at him and he says, my father told me to, and I know it's, it's ridiculous. I can't believe he expects me to do it. And he starts complaining, but he gets up and he starts pushing again. And the, a few days later, the friend comes back and they sit and they complain together again about the boulder. And, and all of a sudden, the fruitlessness of this task starts to weigh on him. And it, it just, it, it gets to him and it bugs him. And sometimes... That can be what prayer feels like to us. Sometimes it feels like prayer is just a fruitless task, that it's not doing anything, that we are working and working and working and we're trying and trying and trying and nothing is happening. It feels like it's impossible. It feels like we can't do it. What are we get? How am I ever going to solve this problem with this task? Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt that that you're just pushing up against something impossible? You've prayed day in and day out for for whatever it is you're looking for in your life. Maybe it's healing. Maybe it's salvation for a loved one. Maybe it's changing your finances, a new job, a new opportunity. Maybe you've you've just always wanted this one thing. You're praying for a spouse. You're praying for you're praying for change in some area. You're praying for our nation. You're praying and praying and praying, and it just feels like a boulder, and you're not getting anything done. That's because prayer is a mystery. You know, we've been going through this series on prayer and and Candace has been unwrapping that mystery for us and revealing, you know, what happens when God answers our prayers and and what happens through our prayers and what, but, but all the information in the world still prayer is a mystery. It's, it's a mystery because so often it is a paradox. Prayer is a paradox where prayer is very simple. It's just a conversation with God. But it's so complex because this conversation with God is also how we express our needs to him. And when we express our needs, we expect him to meet those needs. But we see in the Bible where it says, God will meet all your needs and, and you'll pray it. But then we read in the Bible where Paul says that three times he prayed for the thorn removed from his side, but God didn't reveal it. And so prayer is both complex and it's simple. Prayer is incredible incredibly important. 
It's the most important thing a believer can do. That, that Jesus, it was so important Jesus prayed daily. That, that Moses prayed. That Daniel prayed three times a day. It's so important. Yet it's incredibly common. A child can pray. It is, it is the simplest thing for a child to learn. And it, it's something almost instinctual to us that, that even if you've never heard of God, you'll, you'll send out these, these good thoughts and those thoughts and prayers. It's just so common, but it's so important. It's a paradox. It's, it's incredibly powerful. I've seen prayer open blind eyes and deaf ears. I've seen people with tumors lose them when prayed over. It's so, so powerful. Yet it can be incredibly basic. God, I, I misplaced my phone. Where did you leave it? And then you find your phone. You know, I haven't prayed that prayer in a long time because Apple came up with found my iPhone and I just press that button and it beeps. But, but prayer can do that too. It's so, so powerful, but it's so basic. It's so important yet so common. It's so simple yet so complex. It's a mystery. It's a mystery in so many ways that we want to learn more. And we have so many questions. But here's what we know. In the asking of these questions about prayer, we learn so much. The disciples, the disciples wanted to learn more about prayer. So they actually asked Jesus about it in Luke 11, verses 1 through 4. The disciples asked Jesus, Jesus, we want to know more about this mystery of prayer. Will you teach us how to pray like you? So Jesus lays out the mysteries of prayer for them. He says, once... Jesus was in a certain place praying. As he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. Jesus said, this is how you should pray. The disciples, they, they want that vibrant prayer life that John's disciples had. They want that vibrant prayer life that Jesus had. I can tell you this truth right now. Disciples seek a vibrant prayer life. If you're looking for a passive prayer life, you are not a disciple of Jesus fully yet. You can grow in that way. You want that vibrant and active prayer life. So Jesus lays out for them, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need and forgive our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And do not let us yield to temptation. This is what we call the Lord's Prayer. So many people have it memorized. They have it committed to their hearts. They, they know it in and out. They pray it. They say it daily or, or maybe they've said it before, whatever. It's one of those things. It's, it's a prayer template that Jesus laid out. I've actually taught it myself a dozen times between youth ministry, here at Freedom Valley on stage, at events. Just I've taught this prayer. And I've taught the, the principles of this prayer that you can see, you know, start by honoring God's name. You can ask for the things you need. Make sure that you're forgiving others. Make sure you're asking that he'd remove temptation from you. These are the models that we see of prayer. But let me tell you something. If you only ever say these words, you do not have a vibrant prayer life. You have a passive prayer life. This is a model for how you should pray. It isn't these words specifically. And so often we get lost in the specifics of it that we lose the more important principles of it. That, that Jesus taught his disciples these principles. And I'm not going to spend too much time on it because I want to go to where he goes next after he teaches them. But we need to know those principles. And then we need to take those principles, put them into action, and develop a vibrant prayer life 
to unpack the mysteries of prayer. If you're looking for how should I pray, you got it right here. This is how you should pray. But if you want to know why you should pray or when you should pray or how, how often, if you want those answers, you have to actually continue in Jesus' teaching because he didn't stop there. Jesus always goes deeper somewhere else. It's never just the surface level. And because we want that vibrant prayer life as disciples, I know you want that vibrant prayer life. I know you want more than just passive. You want the power of persistence. Let's continue in Luke 11. We're going to go to verse 5. Then, teaching him, teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. I, I want, I want to point out one of my failures when I've taught the Lord's Prayer. I've so often just stopped at the end, but it says he taught them more about prayer. If you only know those words and you don't know this principle, you're going to miss out on so much. So he taught them more about prayer and he used this story. Suppose when you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread, you say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls down from his bedroom, don't bother me. The door is locked for the night and my family and all, we're in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. Shameless persistence. That is not a flattering descriptor of an individual. I, I don't exactly want to be described as someone who is shamelessly persistent. But Jesus says, because of your shameless persistence, he'll respond to you. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and everyone who knocks, the door will be open. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give him a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you not give them, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is a parable by contrast. This parable is teaching something by contrasting us sinful people who won't even open the door to give bread to our neighbors with a good, holy, perfect, and generous God who will provide all of our needs. He'll give us good gifts. This parable, this teaching about prayer, isn't to say that God will only give you things if you ask and ask and ask. You must be shameless, be persistent. Because it is prayer, the, the mystery of prayer is that it doesn't give us the power to twist God's arm and make him do what we want. I want to say that again. Prayer is not to make God do what you want. That's not the purpose of prayer at all. That's not the purpose of prayer. Because if, if you are just using this like a magic genie in a bottle, just trying to force God to do your own things, you're missing the point. God is a good God and he wants to give you the things you, you need. He already knows what you need before you ask it. So why does he tell us to ask? Why does he say to be shamelessly persistent? Because there's power in persistence. And that knowing how to pray is never enough. It's not just about knowing the words to say. There are no right words. There aren't just the exact 
phrases. Because listen, being a Christian is not like being a wizard. There isn't a spell. It's not abracadabra. It's not avada cadaver. It's not expelliarmus. It's not all the phrases. It's more than the words we say. It's about more than just knowing. It's about more than just knowing because knowing how to pray isn't enough. We also have to pray. Crazy, right? So, so many times these principles are incredibly simple. It's not about knowing how to pray. It's about actually praying. Crazy, right? Jesus is explaining that if you actually want something, if you, if you have a genuine need, a want, a desire, guess what? You're, you're not going to ask once. You're not just going to say it once to God and be like, okay, God, I really, I really need some uh, milk. I, I need some bananas, God. You're not going to say it once. You're going to keep asking. And I learned this principle as a parent very clearly this year, probably the last year too, but I really saw it this year around Christmas time. As my kids are all getting a little older, they're more able to communicate what they want for Christmas. And they will not stop asking for things. It's crazy. As soon as Christmas was over, they were like, hey, when's my birthday? And, and they ask in the craziest ways. You'll walk through the aisle of a store and they'll be like, that, I want that. And then they're like five minutes later, that, I want that. And that, that, I want, I want a ball. I want this tiny thing of slime. I want the sticky hand. I want the slinky. I want these. And they just ask once. Uh, you know, Toys R Us, Amazon, Walmart, Target, they sent us all the, the toy books and my kids are flipping through it. I want that. I want that. I want that. But they only ask once for most of these things because the truth is they want to want the thing more than they actually want the thing. Did that make sense? Did that track? They want to want it more than they want it. That's it. Yeah. They, they have this desire to have lots of things, but they don't really want the toy. They don't really need the toy. But you know what? There are some gifts that they ask for a whole bunch that they don't stop asking for. You know what I'm talking about if you're a parent. There's that one gift that they're like, that's it, I need that. Dad, am I getting that? Did we get that? Is that what we're gonna? And, and for this year, it was a really weird one. It was, it was actually burping Bobby. Burping Bobby. I don't know if you're a parent and you've seen this. It's a board game where a hippopotamus burps. At, that's it. You put the food in and it burps. And when it burps, it actually burps out like, like, like fog, like a, like a Freedom Valley service with the haze going, like he burps that stuff out. And they were so excited and they asked constantly for Burp and Bobby. Like, like they see the commercial on YouTube. Can we have Burp and Bobby for Christmas? Burp and Bobby. We go through the store. There's Burp and Bobby. We want Burp and Bobby. As a parent, if they ask more than once, maybe they want it. If they ask a dozen times, that's the thing they're going to get for Christmas. And here's the thing, the, the gifts they asked for once, when they opened them, they went, oh, thanks. But when they opened Burp and Bobby, they lit up. They went nuts. And like, I remember it was Hero opened it and then Link saw from across the room and he stands up and jumps. He goes, Burp and Bobby. And then Rue heard Link say Burp and Bobby. And Rue goes, Burp and Bobby. And they run over and they're all surrounding. They had their own gifts in front of them, but they ran to Burp and Bobby. Here's the thing. Knowing how to pray isn't enough. It's the daily, daily, daily prayers that transform us. If you just ask God one day, one thing, and then you forget about it, you have told God, I don't really want it. And he knows the desires of our hearts. 
So we have to create and, and, and transform. This isn't about how to get the things you want. This is about how to transform yourself into having a vibrant prayer life, being shamelessly persistent, pursuing him constantly. As a matter of fact, I'm calling this principle, never stop praying. The Bible says this a few times, pray without ceasing, never stop praying. And, and this, this parable, this principle that he just explained is so important that Jesus actually told another parable about it. You know, if Jesus has told two separate stories about a concept, it's important. So let's go to another parable by contrast where Jesus is comparing God, the holy and perfect God, to a human. And he says, how much more is God? So let's go to Luke 18 verses one through eight. One day, Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city. He said, who neither, there was a judge in a city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice just because she's wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people? who cry out to him day and night, will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on earth who have faith? Shameless persistence. Never stop praying. Never stop praying. I want to call this, I, I didn't call this, but I almost made this point, be a Karen. I almost called this be a Karen because we all know those, those, those people who are really good about getting the refunds. Like they, they have something, they bring it to the store and they're like, we can't refund this. And then they're like, Wah! and they just keep going and going and going and going. And finally, the manager's like, you know what? Just pay them extra. Give them their money back and a hundred bucks just so they'll leave. God is explaining, or Jesus is explaining that if you have that shameless persistence, that constant Karen mentality, it will change the way you view things. God is not unjust. I want to make that clear. God is not the unjust judge. He is the perfect justice judge. The book of Job explains this, that, that God is just, that his fairness can't be questioned. That if you're like, that's not fair, God, then you don't understand. It is fair. It's actually overly generous in your favor. He is a generous, good, and kind God who waits and waits and waits and patiently holds off on punishment as long as possible. And even he is sitting there waiting for us to make those earnest, shameless requests to never I'm going to make that clear. Never stop praying. Never stop praying. Because when you finally stop praying, you're giving in to discouragement. You are either powerfully praying or you are desperately discouraged. You're either powerfully praying or you are desperately discouraged. Sometimes we think there's a middle ground. But the truth is, if you have given up on praying for the thing, then you are discouraged about it. And that discouragement, it seeps in like a virus and it starts zapping away your strength and you don't want to go back to the prayer life. Prayer actually prevents 
the temptations. Prayer actually preserves the integrity and the purity. If you're interested, if you're trying to deal with some type of temptation in your life, if you're praying to find freedom from something, let me tell you something. If you are actively praying about that thing while you're participating in the sin, you have some serious other issues. I don't know what they are. But if I am like, God, give me freedom from overeating while I'm shoving cake in my mouth, then I'm not praying. I've already given up. But if I am actively praying it before the meal, I say, Heavenly Father, I will do this. And then throughout the meal and I'm praying it, if I am praying for that thing, I'm reminding myself in every single moment of who I am. I actually observed this this week. I would say by my nature in the past, I think just like all of us, it is far more easy for me to just let things slide. That is kind of my nature that, that I'll just let things go. Like, like say I need, I need to, uh, I need to get a hold of somebody. I'll call them once and they won't respond. And then I'll be like, I called them. It's on them. I'll wait for them to get back to me. Then I'll wait a month or a year and I just never get back to them. I'm like, oh, well, I called them and they didn't get back to me. This is like our conversation with God. God, will you just help me? And then we, we go on our way. We forget about it. This week, uh, actually this month, I was signing up for uh, some Valley Forge classes, try to finish out a degree in uh, pastoral ministry. And, and it was only like a course. But, but I called them and I'm like, hey, I'm ready to, to take this course. And, and they didn't get back to me. And I left a message and then I sent an email. And then uh, they didn't get back to me. So I sent a follow-up email. And I actually started calling twice a day. And then I had to call some supervisors. It was nuts. You'd think signing up for something, they'd be like, oh, we want your money. We want you to sign up. We want you to pay to, to do this. I had to call a dozen times by the end before I was admitted. After admission to get me signed up for classes, I had to call two dozen times with several different people. I had to leave messages. I had to respond. And I was shamelessly persistent. Every time I made that second call, when I left that second message, I'm kind of like, hey, I know I'm getting a little annoying here, but I'm just trying to find an answer. We need to be like this. We need to have this intensity. I've been listening to uh, Dave Ramsey's podcast lately. Maybe you've heard it, but he was talking to a woman who was in a bad contract. She had signed up for one of those security monitoring services and was told that, you know, if, if she wanted to get out of it in 30 days, she totally could. And she was like, this is too much money and she wants to get out of it. It's only uh, been 15 days. She calls up, she tries to cancel and they're giving her the runaround. They're like, well, you know, we can do this. And they're just giving her the runaround and she's trying to cancel. So she asks for advice. What do I do? How do I get out of it? And he goes, call him again. Every day, multiple times a day. Ask for their manager. Then ask for the manager's manager. And do not stop. Be on hold. Just make it your hobby. Record every call. Write it down. Ask their name. Write down their name. You should be calling so often that when they're like, hi, this is Mark. You're like, hey, Mark, we talked yesterday. How you doing? Like you need to know and you need to pursue it and you need to be shamelessly persistent. And if you're doing that with evil people, why wouldn't you want to do that with a good God? Shamelessly, constantly, daily, regularly, continuously. Never stop praying. And you know why we never stop praying? Because that everyday pattern of prayer, it does not change God's mind. Let me tell you that. You're, you're not changing God's mind. What you're doing is changing your mind. You're resetting your patterns. You're transforming yourself by being obedient to him and constantly, constantly, constantly communicating with him. 
telling him you love him, telling him he's great, asking him for forgiveness, forgiving others to him. Then you're, then you're saying, and here's the things I need. I want to make that very clear. Jesus told us to ask for the things we need. My kids didn't need Burp and Bobby. So you can ask for some things you want, but, but there's no obligation on God's part or our part to shamelessly pursue that. But he wants to give it to you. So you ask and then, then you thank and then you, you, you celebrate, but you do it constantly. I remember I had a, uh, uh, a man who I looked up to in my life and uh, we were sitting around a campfire and he looks at me and he says, hey, Jason, you know why the Native American uh, rain dance worked? I was like, it worked? He's like, absolutely it worked. You didn't know it worked? It absolutely worked. You know why it worked? I'm like, um, was it because they knew something about the weather? No, that's not it. And he goes, you know why it worked? They didn't stop dancing until it rained. They'd, they'd dance out in that circle and it wouldn't be raining and then they'd dance for a day. They'd dance all night. They'd dance the next day. They'd dance for three days. They'd dance for four days and they danced and danced and danced until it rained. And then when it rained, they went, see, the dance worked. Prayer is about this shameless commitment and belief that your God hears you, that he wants good for you. We need to have that kind of prayer because when we pray like that, it transforms us. Like the mother who's been praying for their child to accept Jesus, their, their lost prodigal son, and they pray, and they pray, and they pray. And you know what those prayers do? They start to change the mother. It changes her heart to where not only does she want her son to be saved, she wants everyone's son to be saved. It makes her evangelistic in her nature to the point where she has a conversation with a young person and the young person says, I don't really know if I'm going to heaven or not. And she sits there and she goes, you know what? I want to pray with you. I want to teach you. I want to grow you. And it transforms her from the inside out. Somebody who's praying for financial things, it's going to transform the way they view their finances. They're going to make their money work for them. Somebody who's praying to find freedom from a temptation, from a habit, they're going to want to change it. That daily prayer changes you. And God knows that because it's going to develop discipline in you. It's going to develop delayed gratification in you. You see, when, when we're first saved, when we're young Christians, God is so kind and so generous. And, and you'll pray something and he'll give it to you in that moment because he knows you don't have that, that delayed gratification and he'll give it to you right away. You'd be like, God, I need some financial help. I wasn't handling my money right. Boom, you, you get $1,000 in the paycheck or somebody shows up with groceries or, or something will happen. It'll happen instantaneously. Then a few years into being a believer, we pray again and it doesn't happen right away because God's trying to develop some patience in us He's teaching us to pursue and we got to have that delayed gratification, that, that denial of ourselves. Because if we aren't willing to delay it, then we're denying its value in our life. We're saying it's not important enough to wait for. If, if I can't have it now, I don't want it. If Amazon can't ship it to me in two days, I'm not even going to buy it. And then I never have it. We got to be willing to delay that gratification because prayer will change us. I've seen this through the Bible reading plan. You know, Candace and I, we were talking early about this Bible reading plan. So many people signed up to take it. And, and there was this moment of, yeah, a lot of people signed up early, but they'll probably drop off by the end. And let me tell you, I have seen more persistency in this Bible reading plan as a, as a congregation than I think we have in any other. People who were sticking with it, people who were responding, people who were finishing. And, and when you'll do that, it's going to transform you. But here's the thing, you can't stop. You can't stop now. You got to continue, just like that little boy, willing to push against the rock 
day in and day out, day in and day out. For years, he pushed it. He started out as a, as a young boy, uh, 10 years old. And this boy, he starts pushing against the rock because his father told him to. And finally, his dad visits him at lunch. He hadn't done this in years. He, he just trusted his son was doing it. And, and he comes by and his son's sitting there and his head's down and he's, and he's eating his lunch. And he's at this point, he's a, he's a young man. He's, he's developed, he's strong. And his father comes by and he says, how you doing, son? And he says, dad, I, I'm just discouraged. Father, it's, it's, been, it's been years and I haven't moved the boulder an inch. I can't believe you entrusted me to this and I've failed you. And, and the, the father looks at his son and he says, I never told you to move this rock at all. If I wanted the rock moved, I'd get a hundred workers out here. I'd pay them for the day we'd move the rock. But look at yourself, son. Look how strong you've become. Look at your muscles. Look at, look at the calluses on your hands from a hard day's work. You were always uh, one of the weaker children and I wanted you to develop strong muscles and perseverance and you have been good and obedient and you have pursued and you have worked hard and you've developed the strength you will need to succeed. Because he was a good father, he knew what his son needed. How much more is our heavenly father who knows what we need when we pray, we're not convincing God to do something. We're developing in ourselves the power of perseverance. Have you ever felt like that boy? You have an empty, weak prayer life? That it's a mystery you can't break. That you've prayed for days, weeks, years, months, and nothing has changed. And why, why, why? Or you're like, I, I prayed a prayer once and it didn't happen. So why would I pray again? I asked God for something and it didn't come to be, so why would I pray again? Your father is trying to develop something in you. God wants good things for his children. He wants the power of perseverance to push us to a new place. Will you develop in your life prayer that changes and transforms you? Will you drop daily to your knees? Will you put God first. This prayer reading plan has taught me that consistency is key. Perseverance has power. And I need to press into the presence of God. Do you want to be a disciple with a vibrant prayer life? Vibrant prayer life. If you've ever felt weak in prayer, I want to encourage you today. Develop some muscles. Pray day in and day out. Start simple. And don't stop because when you stop, you're giving in to discouragement and you're developing the ability for temptation to sneak back in. Pray daily, constantly. I'm not saying that, they, that it's just enough to every now and then go, God, I, I pray that, you know, you do good things. No, you got to get on your knees. You got to put some work into this. You got to develop some intensity because if you want to grow something, you can't do the same old. So you got to give it a little more. Prayer is simple. Yes, it's just talking to God, but prayer is complex in that you develop so much more. The, the more you put into it, the more you'll see from it. It is a mystery that we must unravel, but we know everything we need to about it but we'll spend our entire lives learning more. If you've ever felt alone, there is a friend who sticks closer to a brother. Find him in prayer. If you've ever felt lost, there's a prodigal. If you've ever felt like a prodigal son, there is a waiting father 
expecting and anticipating the moment you return into his presence. If you've ever felt like your sins are too great, there's a good and forgiving God who wants to save you through prayer, through talking to him, saying, Heavenly Father, I've sinned. I've fallen short, but I want you to forgive me. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. I know that his sacrifice, it pays the price for my own sins. And I believe that you raised him from the dead to forgive me of my sins. So I ask for forgiveness. I confess I've done wrong. And I want to make you the Lord of my life by committing today to daily pursuing you more. Will you transform me? And you know what? He will through prayer, through pursuit, through the gift of the Holy Spirit. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord right now, if you've prayed that prayer, if you want to receive him, you can go to fv.church forward slash I am in. And you can let us know. And, and if you've prayed that prayer, he is a good father and he will give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is someone you can talk to daily, someone who will partner with you, someone who will develop in you persistence and power and joy and passion and love. The key is to never stop pray. Never stop pursuing because persistence is the key. Maybe you've been saved for years. You've slid off and you want to come back at it. You want to give everything. I want to pray for you in a moment. I want to pray for those of you who just made a decision to accept Jesus. And I want to pray that you will not stop in doing the work that is necessary to go to the next level. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, good and holy Father. We aren't worthy of your love and your grace. We forget so easily. We become discouraged so quickly. But you are patient with us and I thank you for that. And I ask that we would develop some perseverance and some persistency in our prayer lives. I pray for those newly saved individuals, those people who prayed a prayer of forgiveness for the first time, or they're praying it again and asking for a new filling. I pray, God, that they would be filled with joy at the gift of the Holy Spirit, at the gift of forgiveness, that they are welcomed into your kingdom and that they would pursue you in prayer, that they would let somebody know that they're praying daily, that they would take a next step. Because the power of answered prayers is in the pursuit of the one who answers them. Father, continue to answer the prayers of your people as we patiently pursue you. Thank you that you hear us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I don't know about you, but I got a lot out of that. Disciples seek a vibrant prayer life. You know, I think each and every one of us has have to look at how to be intentional with that. Such a good word. So please share your big takeaway from this message in the comments. We'd love to just hear from you, learn from each other, and connect in that way. As always, if you made a decision to follow Jesus for the first time today, or maybe just the first time in a long time, text the number on the screen or go to fe.church slash I am in. And we would love to see you next week for in-person church. But let me also just encourage you, if you serve on a team, text your team leader right now. 
and say, how can I help? And if you don't serve on any teams around here, text me, <laughs> message me, say, how can I get involved? What team needs my help? You know, we're called to be the church together to serve one another. And we have an opportunity to do that again starting next week. So I just encourage you, get involved, jump in with both feet and uh, God will meet you there. Come next week with expectation. Even if you're still more comfortable joining us online, come next week with expectation. We're going to be starting a brand new sermon series. So we'd love to see you then. Love you all. See you next week. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, please let us know by going to fv.church slash I am in. And remember to download our app for more content and helpful links.